turn to Matthew 25 and then also put your finger or some bit of paper in Luke Luke 19 Luke chapter 19 Matthew 25 and then something to mark Luke chapter 19 we're going to look at this parable in Matthew 25 we have been talking about the Olivet parables these have been told by Jesus to his disciples as they sat around him on the Mount of Olives and we have this parable the parable of the talents slowly and inexorably the malice against our Lord was increasing soon it would reach its crescendo at Jerusalem and then the cross of Calvary the stranger of Galilee the the carpenter of Nazareth the man of sorrows he was reaching the end of his lonely journey and he sought to prepare his, his faithful band of followers for the inevitable oncoming holocaust that was going to come at Calvary in chapter 26 of Matthew we, we, the next chapter the leaders were plotting to kill Jesus and soon all the anger would be raged against him that which the prophets had spoken about in the Old Testament and the disciples and many others thought that the kingdom of God would appear immediately they expected that Jesus would do something about the the Roman occupation and would establish the kingdom and so Jesus told two parables if you look at over in Luke in chapter 19 verse 11 he had been talking about the conversion of Zacchaeus and then in verse 11 and as they heard these things he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear but we know in John it says he came unto his own and his own received him not they rejected him the one who came they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear and let's read the parables we read the, 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 the they were told at different times one was told in the Mount, uh, on the Mount of Olives Jesus had wept over Jerusalem and then they had, he had left the temple and his disciples had come and asked him when shall these things be and he told the various parables which we have looked at on the Mount of Olives in Luke he told the parable of the pounds very similar uh, parable to the, the one of the talents but he told it before he entered Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday 
But the principles and the contents, the emphasis are slightly different within the two parables, but they are very similar. So we'll read the two of them. It's going to take a, a while just to read the two, but it's worth reading the two of them so that we can get the picture. Jesus in Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man travelling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. And after a time the Lord of those servants cometh, and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strewed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strewed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now we turn over to Luke chapter 19. Very similar, but slightly different. As I said, he told this parable because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. They thought that Jesus would set up his earthly kingdom as the prophets had spoken about. But Jesus wanted to get over the fact that there was a postponement of this, that this was not going to take place immediately. 
He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered unto them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Trade till I come. But his citizens hated him. Not the servants, the citizens of the country hated him and sent the message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that thou laidest not down, and reapest that thou it's not so. And he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore thou gave, then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury, with interest. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it unto him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you, that unto every one that hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that which he hath, shall be taken away from him. But those enemies, the people who had said, We will not have this man to reign over us, but those en mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Well, those are the two parables. As you can see, they're, they're quite similar, but slight differences in emphasis. They thought, the people thought, the disciples thought, that Jesus would come and set up that kingdom and they were, the disciples were also under this. That was one thing they had in mind. They were suffering under the Roman authority. And in, in Acts chapter 1, when they were going out at that time to the Mount of Olives, when Jesus would be taken from them, Jesus had told them that the Holy Spirit would be given to them and they were to go back and wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. And what did the disciples say? When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? That was the question in their minds. They wanted the kingdom to be set up. Something which had been forecast 
by the prophets. But Jesus told this parable in order to get that thought out of our mind. It was going to be delayed. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. The question, even after these parables, and the fact that Peter, Jesus had said at the, uh, that Peter was going to die a certain type of death. And if they thought about it, the kingdom couldn't come till at least Peter had died. But even with that, they still expected the kingdom to come. So Jesus told these parables. Let's look at the two parables. As a matter of history, an event took place during the time Christ was alive on earth that reflected in some small way this parable. Remember that it said that Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Herod, that uh, wicked, wicked man. Jesus was born during his reign. And you remember where the wise men had come and they had been fooled by, Herod had been fooled by them and they'd gone home a different way and he destroyed, put out an edict to destroy all the babies. And Mary, Joseph and the baby had to flee into Egypt. And while they were in Egypt, Herod died. And Herod had two sons. And the two sons made their way to Rome. They went off on a journey. And they each wanted their father's kingdom to be given to them. And some of the residents of the kingdom sent an embassy to the emperor pleading that they wouldn't want either of the sons to take over Herod's kingdom. They, they, wanted, they, they wanted a, um, a Roman governor to be appointed and not one of Herod's sons. They thought that one Herod was enough. He was so vicious. But in actual fact, the, the emperor divided the kingdom and between the two sons and Archelaus received Judea. And when he came back, he took vengeance on those people who had sent the, the note to the emperor that they didn't want him. And he treated them with cruel vengeance on those who had sought to usurp his authority. So that, that had happened during this particular time. Interesting, but in some ways I think that's, that, that's a slight digression or distraction. Jesus told this story, I don't think it really had any relevance as to what had happened with Herod. And, uh, but the people would have known that uh, that type of thing had, had happened before. So let's look at the salient points of these two parables. The nobleman, and we look at Luke maybe just uh, initially. The nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Our Lord has gone into a far country. He's gone. And he has gone to receive a kingdom. 
If we look at Daniel chapter 7, we have a prophecy. We've been looking a lot back at Daniel in relation to some of these parables and visions. So, Daniel chapter 7, and Daniel had this vision. And in verse 13, he said, I saw in the night visions. And behold, one like unto the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the ancients of days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him, the Son of Man, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Jesus has gone away to receive a kingdom, like the nobleman. And there was given him dominion, sovereignty, and glory, and a kingdom. Now that doesn't mean a kingdom like the British Empire or the United Kingdom. It's slightly different meaning. It means that he was given kingly authority, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. Jesus has gone back to heaven and he is being given by his father the authority to rule over a kingdom. And he will come back someday with that authority to rule over this earth. Given to him by his father. That's what it says in that. Let me read verse 14. In a slightly different way. And there was given him sovereignty and glory and kingly authority. The right or authority to rule over a kingdom. And that all people, nations and languages should serve him, etc. Jesus has gone away into a far country, like the nobleman. And this, he came back with the authority to rule and to reign. And when our Lord returns to this earth, he will return as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he will have complete and utter authority to rule and to reign on this earth. Every tongue, it says, shall confess him as Lord. And to him every knee shall bow. He shall have this authority. There will be those who will seek to rebel against him. But as we have been seeing in the Psalms, he will rule with a rod of iron. But he will bring peace to this earth. The Jewish rabbis claim that Jesus cannot be the Messiah because he hasn't brought peace it said glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men of good will he will bring peace he hasn't brought peace on his first coming he came to seek and to save that which was lost he will come and he will bring peace and he will fulfill his title the prince of peace now these both these parables talk about servants and the role of a servant in the Bible. 
Paul talks of himself as being a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Our Lord, if you look at Luke chapter 17, just a few chapters back, chapter 17, verse 6, he had been telling the disciples about forgiveness and that type of thing, always forgive. And then he said, if he had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, he might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. What a wonderful uh, thing to be told, that if you had the right kind of faith, you could, have, you could do that. If you're one of my servants. But then he goes on to explain what a servant of Jesus Christ is. But he goes on. But which of you, and he gives an example, which of you having a servant, a bondsman, ploughing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, by and by, or straightway, immediately, when he has come in from the field, go and sit down and have a meal. You will rather say unto him, Make ready, wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not, I don't think so. What Jesus was saying is, if you have a servant, and he's your, your bond servant, and he is doing what you want him to do, when he comes in from the field, you don't say to him, uh, I presume most of the both of them have been out working, and when the servant comes in, you say to him, oh, take it easy, go and get something to eat. No, you say to him, get my meal ready and serve me. And after you've done that, you may eat. And does he thank the servant? No, the servant is only doing what his job is to do. And we, as servants of the Lord, sometimes think that we should be doing things only that please us. It is our duty, our privilege, to serve our Lord. That's why Paul calls himself a bond slave of Jesus Christ. It is his duty. It is my duty to serve my Lord and Master. I don't expect, or should not expect, thanks for it. It's my duty. And when looking at these parables, we should look at the, the, the role of the servant in that light. It is their duty to do for their master what he has commanded them to do. A bond slave of Jesus Christ. And this nobleman, you'll see in both cases that the nobleman called his, his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. That he entrusted them with his goods. In one parable he gave and entrusted to his own servants talents, and in another one it says he gave them pounds. And that was what struck me in this letter here from Vic, 
in the Philippines, he said, April the 5th will be my 46 year old as well as the 16th year anniversary of the ministry that God entrusted to me. And that fitted in, I only got this this morning, but it fitted in with exactly what I was thinking of here in the message here last, when I prepared this last night. He says, Know that I cannot do with my own in all of the things he entrusted. God has entrusted to each one of us something. In this parable, one, it was talents. Another, it was pounds. The nobleman obviously expected his servant to treat with care and concern that which belonged to the nobleman and had been entrusted to them. He gave it to them. It was his. It never became theirs. They were given it in trust. And we know the laws of trustees and things. You should always obey the one who has entrusted the things to you. The servants are his and the goods are his in each of the parables. Now it is important to note that these servants were to use what had been given them by their master and it was he who had appointed them. They didn't make themselves servants. He made them his servants. They were not self-appointed. The onus was on them to work for their master. When issuing the talents in Matthew, he employed the principle, you go back to Matthew, he employed the principle that all do not have the same ability. So he was very gracious when he distributed the talents in Matthew 25, that he took this into consideration. He graciously made it clear from his remarks to the servants in verses 25 and verse 21 that he was equally pleased with the results. He didn't expect the man who had been given two talents to do any better. He was so pleased when he said in verse 23, he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. That was the man who had received two talents and had made two more. With regard to the man who had made five talents, he said exactly the same. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful. Each of us has received various gifts and various obligations from our Lord. Now, there's a very interesting chapter in Romans chapter 12. We read a bit of it just, starting at verse 3. For I say, through the grace of God given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. God hath dealt to every man 
the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, different talents have been given to different people. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoice in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. And so on. Differing things that different people have. Having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. This nobleman, he gave according to the ability of the person to whom he was giving the money, the talent. He didn't try to put a lake into a bucket. He knew the ability of the person he was dealing with and God knows our ability. We know, for instance, that Paul was a man of supreme, supreme intelligence. And he had great insight into the difficult doctrines of the Word of God. He had the, the ability to understand profound doctrines, which even the other apostles thought were difficult. Peter says, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand. Peter said that. But Paul was given special ability by God, and it was given to him to be the one to explain those difficult doctrines to others. Whatever ministry has been entrusted to us, however large or small that may, that may appear to you or to me, we must do as heartily as unto the Lord. Vic said again, just said, he says the ministry that God entrusted to him. It's wonderful. We have been entrusted with various things. We have been entrusted. It is the Lord's ministry. Don't forget that. It's not our ministry. It is always his ministry. It's not my ministry is not your ministry it's the ministry which God has entrusted to you and to me to do and someday we'll have to give account of it as these servants when the Lord came back had to give account of it to their Lord their, their, their nobleman he is given unto us according to our several ability which ability he is well aware of he knows you better than you know yourself he knows what we're capable of he knows our ability and for this reason we should get on and do it 
for he knows that we are capable of doing it because he wouldn't have asked us to do it and wouldn't have entrusted it to us if he didn't know that through his Holy Spirit we were capable of doing it. We are stewards in the household of God. This household will continue from the time that Jesus spoke right until the time of the return of our Lord at his appearing. It is then that we shall receive his commendation. And Paul said when he was writing to Timothy, here's what he said. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. At his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So people are going to listen to all the, 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 the junk that people throw out at them, but you, you be sure that you are following the word of God. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul knew that it was getting time for him to, to leave this earth. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. This is it. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. That day when the rewards will be handed out. When? At the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now just quickly, turning over to the parable of the pounds in Luke 19. The servants are obviously in these parables, the, the faithful Jewish remnant and the, the citizens of the country are those who objected and who those are people who will not bow the knee to the Lord Jesus. In this parable you notice that there weren't different amounts which are handed to people. Each was entrusted with the same amount. Each of the servants got a pound. And each of us, as believers, have each received the truth contained in the faith, as the scripture says, once delivered to the saints. Jude says, For when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, the common salvation, it's the same salvation for each of us, the same pound was handed to each of them. This was the common salvation he talks about. It was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We have been given the common salvation and the faith has been entrusted to the saints. It has been delivered to us and it is our duty to deliver it and pass it on to others. We are, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it was required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
These servants had to be faithful. That's what the, the, the Lord said on each occasion. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's all we have to be. We have to be faithful to God and to his word. We're stewards of the mysteries of God. We are those who have been entrusted with the word of God and we want to pass it on to others. That's what these people had to do. He said, occupy till I come. Trade, trade with what you have. This truth also, perhaps neglected by us, is nevertheless incorruptible. It can't, it's incorruptible. It's his. It's not mine. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. This has been handed over to us this incorruptible seed for us to pass on, to trade with. And a believer as he passes this truth on to others finds that his own knowledge of that truth grows. Something which grows and grows as his knowledge increases. However, sadly, there are those who do not use this truth they find that they have stunted growth. They get the truth for themselves and that's it. They're saved and that's all they're going to do about it. They're not going to tell anybody else. And to them, it becomes stagnant. The writer to the Hebrews says, For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again. What are the first principles of the oracles of God? And have become such as need milk and not strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We can bottle it all up and constantly want, have to be taught and given milk. Whereas he says, if you work at it, those who have strong meat belong to those that are full of full age. Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Do you get it? If we are prepared to work at the truth that God has given to us, it will grow with us and our senses will be exercised and Jesus will someday return having received the kingdom and then he commands those servants to be brought for him to give account of how that money has been used when will Christ return having received the kingdom that kingly authority it will be when he sets up his millennium reign. This man returned in person. Christ will return in person. He called his, his servants. We will be called. He issued rewards. We will receive rewards. He also issued judgment. To the unfaithful servant. For unfaithfulness. We've all met Christians who do not trade their faith. And who think that God is sometimes very harsh. This man did not squander his master's money. He guarded it but did not use it to his best ability for his master. 
he still nevertheless acknowledged his master as Lord. When we have Christians, as Christians have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, will we be accused of neglect of the faith entrusted to us? Jesus said that the nobleman said, occupy till I come. Trade. Carry on the business of a trader. We talk about gossiping the gospel. Are we trading for our master? It's a challenge, isn't it? Well, finally, what about those who refuse to have the nobleman to reign over them? But those mine enemies, which would not have that I should reign over them, bring them hither and slay them before me. Oh, the awful consequences of those who refuse to bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. But for us, we must learn the lesson of these parables. Which lesson? This lesson will extend right through the rapture until the return to the earth of Jesus as King. God has given us a ministry to do for him. Are we faithfully, according to our given ability, carrying out what he wants us to do? God has given us his truth and the faith once delivered to the saints. Are we trading that truth and faith with others? May God help us to answer yes. By the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will.